This is TLDR Podcast, where we talk sports, MLB, NHLs, NBAs, pop culture, and nobody understands Westworld, and more. Top 10 alcoholic beverages. With your hosts, Alex. Yeah, boy. Eric. Yo. James. The San Francisco 49ers, best team in the league. Traded. Right. Oh, the- sit down, bud. And Tyler. Oh, damn where we do the research and trash-talking for you. What kind of cockamamie bullshit is Adam Silver thinking? <laughs> they're playing super hot right now, and they're... It's and they're not finishing. Good. It's the middle of the season. Oh, I understand that, but I'm saying that they're, they're moving towards that. Welcome to TLDR Podcast, presented by Anchor. How's it going, everybody? This is episode 77 of TLDR Podcast. We're back. Um, we got Tyler here. We got James here. Um, you know, I'm sick of I'm sick of saying the pirate uh, penalty kill thing. So this is the last time we're probably hopefully going to say it. Um, it. It's just how it is. You know, we're going to roll. Uh, we are we are rolling though. Like guys, we these podcasts are have been you know very fun. Um, James, you, you checked the stats yesterday when we were hanging out and you said that we were actually getting pretty good, um, you know, pretty good, uh, traffic, which is good. Uh, that means you guys are enjoying our three voices, um, our three dumbasses, which if, if we can entertain you, that, that makes us feel, feel pretty good. <laughs> so, um, let's, let's go to the boys, uh, after, a, after a crazy week, uh, in hockey, football, nothing in baseball because who the fuck knows what's going to happen there. And then there's basketball. Um, but, uh, James, dude, how you doing? That was quite the, uh, Sunday game for you, huh? Oh my, those two afternoon games, man. Not even just the Niners game, but the, like even the Buffalo and the Bucks game, those are good games. Good. And I'm very excited. I mean, I was driving home, putting it in my dash on watch that overtime period. But I was still super into it. Thank God Tessa's auto drive because I wasn't really driving. It's kind of there. I don't know Jeez. if that's illegal. It probably might be. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's probably it's better than driving illegal. intoxicated, though. Would you rather drive? It, it probably it's actually <laughs> comparable, to be honest, but it's fine. Uh, well, you know, the thing know. is, Niners, through and through, do or die, Niner gang. Whew. So here's that's what happens, man. You got you to watch, you got to watch every time when it happens. And George Kittle did well. Jimmy G went seven for seven on that last drive. Ben and I, you killed it with that last touchdown. That it was touchdown, but it was touchdown. So, you know what? You take the dub. Ugly game, take the dub. Yeah. Um, one thing is it seems to be a theme for the Niners is that the fourth quarter is just non-existent. Like, this isn't hockey where there's only three periods. Four quarters. Oh, gosh, shit. Really? got to finish. Four, not three? You got to. I, I know. You're a Niners fan. You're thinking that same thing. <laughs> By the <laughs> way, it's a Kyle Shanahan thing, bro. Let's be real. Let's 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 go back to the Falcons days when he gave up a twenty-eight to three lead in the fourth quarter. And then he Kyle Shanahan's got to figure it out. And then he did it the next year. I know he's he's got to he's got to fight those demons. That fourth quarter is it, it's it's so essential. He's um, got a lot of mental work to do. A lot of you got to he's got to work on himself. Maybe he's got to step away. And, you know, just work on yourself right now. Actually, don't do that. I, I don't want another coach. Figure it out. <laughs> no, you, you, he'll figure it out. I, well, we all hope. Um, unless you're unless you're Tyler. Um, <laughs> as of right now, Niners fans, um, Cardinals are not holding up their end of the bargain. Um, you really need the Cardinals to just kind of win the rest of their uh, season, unless they're playing you guys, which I don't know if they are. Don't they are not. So you want the Cardinals to win every single game from here, especially in your uh, in your um, conference. Rams, 
the exact opposite. <laughs> I mean, for the most part, um, I guess you guys can maybe have a chance to catch that top spot. Although there's, you know, two games behind is a lot, but um, so we're scoreboard watching here at TLDR podcast. Um, you know, the playoffs are seemingly just around the corner. There's still a lot of football left four weeks left. Um, and, but before we get there, let's, let's go back to Tyler, Tyler, that was my last game. Last night was my last uh, regular season game for, for hockey. We could not get you a goal. Um, <laughs> Cause you suck. No, he actually, he game. actually had a, I gave game. him a pretty good opportunity. And he, I mean, it, it was a tough shot. And he to mixed. Um, there was an opportunity, man. You should have cashed in on it. Come on, bro. You know? it, it was, it wasn't the one where he had the whole net. He like, he had a little tiny spot and he almost hit it. I, almost. I give him the, I give him credit yeah. for that. Put a good How shot. How are you doing, bud? No, I'm doing good. Um, yeah, hockey last night. I actually feel like I had a pretty good game. The last two games, I've, I've been, you know, I didn't, I didn't have a, that atrocious game from three weeks ago. Has it not happened since then? Uh, just haven't had the luck of finding the back of the net. But uh, always fun to play hockey. Um, and yeah, unfortunately, my next game won't be until next year in Jan- <laughs> in uh, January. And then you, yours is going to be even longer. So uh, final game of 2021. I ended my last shift with a tripping penalty. So that's how we uh, ever, that's how we close out 2021 it, there with hockey. But that, I mean, look, <laughs> there, there's some slide trippings that I've seen, you know, that, that they really try to hide it. Tyler, if you're Tyler was like, okay, if I'm going to trip this guy, I'm going to trip this guy. Yeah, trip he the fuck he lost his gloves. He lost his fucking stick. The guy yeah. was a yard sale and there was Tyler just skating. skating I went by straight to like, the penalty box. Like, he didn't even, <laughs> he did not even look at the ref and complain. He's just like, yep. Yeah I, was like, yeah, I mean, I'm not even like, yeah, the most obvious trip ever. You yeah, know? it was it was quite the can opener as, so, I, as I told. <laughs> yeah, it um, wasn't wasn't trying to trip him, but you know, just I mean, it was good. I was, I mean, honestly, that's the first penalty I've had since we've started playing since uh, COVID, um, which is good. I think I think if I have a penalty like every three or four games, I think that means I'm just I'm skating hard enough to where every once in a while I skate a little bit too hard. I think that's a good thing. You know, sometimes I, I, you know what I I actually I tend to agree like in hockey especially if you see a player that's that's really struggling offensively who's normally like an offensive player you 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 look at the other stats you look at his hits you look at his um at his penalty minutes if he's not doing anything like that then he's really not finding any way to contribute the best players if they're not contributing in the best way in the in their top ways are doing it in another way they might be skating a little too hard getting a little too aggressive but at least they're giving the effort they're doing anything they can um if you're not seeing them kind of give anything it's just like what the fuck are you doing then yeah um, what are we paying you for so tyler I'll, I'll tip my hat to that you you can't you couldn't score but you you dug hard and that's yeah, that's all we can really ask you, for sometimes yeah you can always give effort right that's you absolutely can always, you can always do that speaking you of effort always have heart exactly. always have heart yes always. um that's a big thing that's a big big thing <laughs> um speaking of heart um we're gonna jump right into the first uh into the first uh segment here um, I don't know if heart's the right word, but yeah, I was like, what does that have to do with heart? Um, <laughs> I, I guess, I guess you could say, Tyler, you you wanted to talk about, um, you know, our favorite commercials, which is going to be very fun. Um, you know, our favorite advertisements, uh, it takes a lot of heart for people to figure out what you're reaching, bro. what I know, I know what, what, uh, <laughs> you know, I guess what can grab the, the minds and the hearts of, of other people sell products. Uh, um, commercials are, can be bad, fun terrible um or just all around hilarious and that's what we're going to kind of talk about tyler take it away bud 
yeah, you landed the plane there. It was a little shaky landing, but you did yeah. land the plane. I mean, you landed it still. You landed it. Um, yeah. So this was a this was a segment I actually came up with. Um, I was talking with my with with uh, Jess, my girlfriend. We're talking about just our favorite commercials because we were watching one that we both really enjoy. And I'm like, that'd be a fun podcast segment. Let's just do like top. So I, I decided to go top three most memorable commercials. Now this could be you know commercials that you like. It could, it could be commercials that you hate, but either way, you remember it because you hate it so much. So I, I kind of it was just I wanted to be the most memorable ones, just the ones that stuck out to your brain the most, the ones that you have kept in your mind. Um, they, they they can be good, bad, funny, whatever you want. Um, so I'm going to open up the floor here. Um, I'm going to kind of do it similar to how I did the uh, Marvel movie countdown. So I'll start with three and I'll work our way up to, to number one. Uh, so James, what do you got for your third most memorable commercial? Uh, those Gronk and USAA commercials are <laughs> atrocious. Yeah. They're hor- like Gronk is on every commercial nowadays. A lot like Shaq. And it's weird because Gronk sucks. <laughs> like he's a great football player, but like as a human being, he's not the best one out there. He's just kind of goofy. But that USA commercial is trash, man. I'm so over it. It's played like every single day. And especially if you watch football, it's there seven times a game. And the one line that just sticks out to me the most is when he's like, but I'm special. And I'm like, I right, bro, cool. That's an annoying <laughs> commercial. I hate it. Take it off. <laughs> I'd have to agree with you on that one. I think they were trying to do a little bit too much with that. Uh, just comes off as kind of, kind of cheesy and not very uh, well thought out. You know, obviously it's a insurance agent, insert insurance for the military, which is a very special, important thing that they do, and it just comes off as kind of like, I don't know, they don't really, oh, almost borderline disrespectful in a way, kind of. Oh wow, you threw that. Dark. I don't know, like Damn. not quite. Okay. A little bit, at least for me. I don't know. But uh, obviously USAA is the one that approved the commercial, so they clearly don't think so. It's just it is it's, it's a little weird. Um, Trading, what do you got for three? Oh, I I think it'd have to start with um, so so they 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 obviously have a lot di- more different products, but I'm gonna start with like Billy Mays original Mighty Putty. Like it's the most it, I it, I don't know why it sticks in my head. This was back in two, like the mid two uh, might have been uh, early two thousand tens, but. He, they created a product that was that would like mend things together and they were like hot they were like towing trucks with like this little like putty stuff and and this is billy mays is like known for these like advertisements yeah, of being absolutely ridiculous and he and he advertises this putty which you know is such <laughs> bullshit and it's just fucking absurd it's like and then now we now we have it what do we have like uh um i, I forget what the stuff's called now but um there's another guy that's created that has other like sealers or uh Blubber. or adhesives that um you know he's building like glass boats out of this like out of this like silicon stuff and it's like dude come on and it, it's just it, those commercials are absolutely ridiculous mostly because the guy doing the commercial is so like so proud of the product and thinks it's so real and is and he knows it's absolute fucking bullshit and it's just you know that that i guess billy mays in general can be can can kind of sum up the entire commercial this whole segment because that guy rest his soul um it's very you know it's very unfortunate that he um is no longer with us but he is hilarious and those commercials were just absolutely absurd even when we were like you know like 15 years old yeah i definitely do remember Bill, uh, billy doing those commercials and yeah they're they're always memorable for sure whether or not you believe in the product but oxyclean though oxyclean is actually pretty solid yeah that, that's his one that's his one that one's pretty solid <laughs> you're on oxyclean 
Um, but yeah, so my, Billy uh, Mays here with Oxy. Yes, that's, that's exactly. it. That's, yeah, that's the whole thing. <laughs> uh, my number three um, is a is a Geico commercial, and let me say, Geico probably consistently across the board some of the best commercials, and they've been doing it for years, and they have a lot of good ones. And More I'm a sucker. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a sucker for a good dad joke. I love punny dad joke kind of humor, and Geico excels at that. They have so many great ones. Um, but I think the most recent one that I really like that I, every time it comes on, I'm like, Oh, let's go is the scoop. There it is commercial with the ice cream <laughs> with tag team coming back and doing that a version excellent. of scoop. There it is. I mean, everything from that commercial, first of all, I mean the, you know, the lyrics to the song song that they do and just the reactions and the cascade of reactions, you know, obviously it's, it's the mother in the commercial, you know, she's make, she's making dinner. And then she's looking at this, the, the, the tag team guys singing this song and she's like, what the fuck is going on? And then she starts to get into it. That else is cool. And then the dad and the daughter walk in and the dad and daughter are like, what the fuck's going on? And the dad's starting to get into it. And the daughter just like rolls her eyes and walks out. And then the, and the mom and dad are starting to do like dancing together. And then the icing on the cake at the very end is the guy that does the LeBron James sprinkles at the very end. <laughs> just absolutely phenomenal. I mean, Geico kills it. I think, I don't, I don't know if there's ever been a bad Geico commercial, but that one most recently for me is, I love it. I, it's, it's definitely one of my favorite ones. The, the ones with the gecko though, like are a little bit. No, so, yeah, you're right. Those, those ones aren't always great. Those ones can like, be a little bit. Keep that nice. motherfucker out of here. Yeah. You know? The freaking freaking like, what, what do you like, get having his accent, bro? What, well, no, it's not the accent. They just, are there any like, geckos in Britain? CGI and realistic and he's annoying as fuck. And it's just get the fuck out of here. Well, Go with the sprinkles. That's what I want to know. I want to gotta fact check that. I want a gecko origin story or a Geico gecko origin story. Why the fuck is he British? That's Give it to Disney. Know. They'll make it. Yeah. Just like a Marvel movie. That's what I would like. Or the gecko. Yes. I want I just want to know. Like what why why did they pick the I mean maybe I can find that out as we speak. So go. go. All right. All right. All right, James, what do you got for your number two? All right, you want something funny-ish. And I'm gonna go with kind of like this little cute little story kind of thing because that's tugs on my heart strings a little bit, you know. So I don't know if you guys remember, but like early 2010s, Budweiser had those great Super Bowl commercials that really made everybody want to watch the Super Bowl commercials, right? And the one that sticks out to me the most is when the little puppy and the horse and little puppy is like all over the horse and the little puppy goes away and gets like shipped out or like gets a new owner. But then the horse, he keeps coming back to the horse and then the horse finds him. And it's like this best bud commercials. And I have no idea what it has to do with bud. Oh, best buds. <laughs> bud wise, I just get, get that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so wow. it's a commercial because of best buds. Wow. Super cute. That's that, that's number two for me. Yeah, I should go get a Budweiser now. We should get some buds. Uh, that's phenomenal. Jaden, <laughs> what do you got? <laughs> um, mine is actually a Discover commercial that that aired back um, in like the mid 2010 playoffs for the NHL, and um, it's basically it's basically a um, the the commercial is about um, I guess competition and. <laughs> this this one um uh believe it's a bruins fan this um this girl she's like at a at a drill uh, at a gym on a treadmill just like running and all of a sudden a um i think it's a toronto maple leafs uh um other fan girl go goes on the treadmill next to him and then they just start like looking at each other and raising the speed where they're like fucking running and they're they're just like they're just like absolutely competing and all of a sudden 
one of them just like fucking falls and flips up and the other one falls too and they're like flying and it just is such a and the reason it made me laugh is because you know it's it's funny when people fall i know it's not it's oh, yeah. not supposed to be but it is and it, it's just the epitome of what that those two franchises and like you know th- that rivalry is all about um and I, I i hope i'm not messing up the two teams that it was but i, I know it was two original six teams so uh it, it's just the epitome of how fans would react when they're when they see each other in that kind of situation like oh i need to upend this motherfucker because that guy's wearing a fucking boston Bruins jersey it's just like that's just how it is it's just hilarious it'd be like it'd be I, I could see it you know with an edmonton Oilers calgary fan or a Calgary Flame fan at a gym doing the same fucking thing. Like, it's just, that's what you do. And it just made me laugh so, so hard when I first saw it. Nice. Yeah. I, nice. I'll, 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 I'll have to look that one up because I, I, I don't remember that one. Uh, but I will definitely YouTube that commercial after this is over. I have no idea. Like, that's, that's a very hockey esque commercial. I didn't watch yeah. hockey back in the day. So, yeah, like, I, this was way over my head. Yeah. So I'll yeah. I'll have to show you guys. I, I can show you guys that one at the end if you want. No. Let's do it. Um, all right, my number two is one that I find to be one of the most annoying commercials of all time, and that is the Cars for Kids commercial. That <laughs> stupid little jingle with those kids that try and play real instruments, and half the instruments aren't in the actual song. If you listen to the song, there's a girl playing a violin. There's no violin in the song. Uh, there's this girl <laughs> fully ramming out on this drum set, and there's a tiny little cymbal upbeat on it. This dude's, you know, slapping the bass, and there I don't think there's a single bass. There's barely a keyboard in it. Um, the one kid that is playing guitar, he actually is strumming on the beat. So I'll give that kid some credit. Everyone else in that band sucks. Um, and two, How that jingle. You, you, you like paid so close attention. No, I'm to telling you, commercial. that's it's, why. It's living rent free in your head, bro. That's why. Rent free. <laughs> that's why this yeah. commercial is my number two, because of how much I've thought about this commercial ever since I've ever seen it. And every time I do see it, it pisses me off just with the, just everything about it. And B, I mean, the, the, the song is one of those just annoyingly catchy songs, you know, one, eight, seven, seven cars. For oh, kids. fuck off. Yeah, that, that fucking bullshit. So it's stuck in your head all day. And third of all, like, what the hell is cars for kids? Like, what, why do they want my car? Why do I get this, this tax because deduction? Because you donate your car, car and you get a va- vacation voucher. Yeah, I get a vacation voucher. Like, and you get a tax why? break. I just got a car. Why you am I going to give a car? And, wh- and who was the kid I'm giving it to? Look, it's, it's mostly to boomers who have like a, an old ass fucking 1980s car that they don't know how to get rid of because that you can't even get it smog tested here in California. So yeah, it, it's weird, but okay. For this segment specifically, I went back, watched the video to, to, to dissect <laughs> okay. every little piece that I hated, which I just did. But then I actually looked into the charity cars for kids just to see what they're about. Cause I was just curious. Like I've never actually looked up and researched this, this thing. And to find out, it makes me feel really bad about Hayden's commercial because they do a lot of really good work. They've donated a ton, like did like millions of dollars to charity. That commercial was all funded in-house. So they did it all with kids from their charity and the uh, kids sang it and the kids wrote it and everything like that. So now I feel like a piece of shit because I've hated that commercial my entire life. And it was pretty much, you know, written and performed and done by, by, by these kids. Um, so even though the commercial production wise, it's still horrible. And it's still just a, an awful song. Um, I have to give some credit to it. And I think the charity is great. And I think that, they, that they're doing their best. But it's still a commercial. Every time I see it, I just, I just put it on mute or I just walk away. Tyler, it's just, it's it might make awful. you feel better. My, um, this might make you feel better. My parents did it. They still haven't got their vacation voucher. That was like five years oh, ago. Oh, okay. Well, fuck that charity then. <laughs> <laughs> 
cars for I don't even kids. think they got their tax break. Like, they got nothing. That's brutal. <laughs> they literally just gave the car away. Car stolen, they, they, they got their car stolen, bro. They got their car stolen. Like, it wasn't right, well, running, but still. Yeah. So, I don't know. Cars for kids. It could be a scam. The I mean, every t- the one, the main thing that gets me that commercial is the, is, is the chick, like, just on violin, just, like, rocking on this violin. There's zero violin in the song. It's like oh, two man. instruments. That's it. Oh it, man! It, it's just it it irks me to my core. Um, <laughs> anywho, let's go to our number one most memorable commercial. James, what do you got? Guess this is a newer commercial. It's an Apple commercial, so you know it's funded pretty well. Um, you guys have probably seen it, but it's like the little girl and her family in the snowman commercial. The, what I'm seeing right now, if you guys don't oh, have yeah, seen, yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no. But, yeah, it's I like this commercial so much because I had no idea what was gonna happen and like the ending of it really threw me off. And I love stuff like that, man. I did not anticipate that whatsoever. But let's give a backdrop for people who haven't seen it. Basically, this little girl has like seven snowmen just lined up in her front yard and winter's coming to a close. So, like, you know, the snowmen are melting and the little brother goes and kicks all of them down. So the little girl looks out the window and finds the one snowman she really likes and like is in love with it. So puts it in her freezer and freezes it and keeps it safe for the entire 12 months until winter comes back again. And at one point, like the, they run out of power. So like she was tripping and sleeping in the kitchen, uh, in the kitchen, waiting, making sure that the ice didn't melt on the snowman. So this girl was really into this damn snowman for some reason, man. Like you could have swore, like if it was a real person, she'd probably have a love affair with it, but it, it's a snowman. So 12 months passes. And it's finally winter again. So she brings this little snowman out after months and months of so much care. And the entire family's out there and they're like celebrating like, oh, the snowman made it. Yeah. And then boom, life hits you. The snowman gets run over. And it's like super (laughs) heartwarming and super like, oh, this is going to be great. The snowman's fine. And then it it gets killed. It gets obliterated by some kid riding a bike who is negligent negligent about what he just did. He killed the snowman that this girl took care of for 12 months ridiculous i had no idea that was coming where is she even <laughs> located that it could even stay up for 12 months you know i don't it, it went into the freezer man it doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> the fact of the matter you, is you it's an apple that, commercial <laughs> you think that weather would have already killed it but hey maybe not yeah but bro it, it stayed alive for 12 months and then he got killed insane <laughs> yeah kept alive for 12 months and then got kid they got killed in 12 seconds after you put it back outside Unbelievable. Wow. That, that is a really memorable one. I do remember That's watching that recently. That was, that was a good one. Uh, <laughs> Traden, what's your number one? Oh boy, guys. I think we're, I think, I think I took the cake on this one because you guys would be like, Oh yeah. So in late 2017 slash early 2018, Bud Light came out with Dilly Dilly. Dilly Dilly. That is that, that commercial, <laughs> like that, that trilogy of commercials came out around the playoffs of the, of the of NFL that year. And oh my God, we, what, that we were, we were saying that for oh, like a year. For a long time. <laughs> I, I have a shirt. I have a dilly dilly <laughs> shirt. Dilly, dilly shirt. Of course you do. Um, to be honest, they, they, they kind of ruined it towards the end. Like after about a year, they kind of pushed it to, a little too far. Um, where I think that you might even see a couple like pop up here and there. Um, and it's just like, okay, like you already did it. Um, but it was actually perfect because it was kind of coinciding with, with um, you know, Game of Thrones was really hot then. So it kind of like ran in with that whole culture. And um, God damn it, it was, <laughs> it, was a, it was a subculture. Like it was, it was incredible. Um, hilarious. I think, 
I think we were us three were together for the first time we ever saw it, and we all burst out laughing. I do think I, I remember that. I think I remember yeah. that day. Yeah. So that's why the, it's the most memorable for me because it because it involved all three of us. And, yeah. You know. <laughs> and we definitely like every time we would come over and, and we'd have a beer, we'd just go instead of saying cheers or whatever, we go dilly dilly, and yeah. everyone would go dilly dilly back. <laughs> yeah. uh, classic. It was uh, a culture. You right. You right. Yeah. It was a culture. That was great. Um, okay, my number one. Again, this is kind of similar to the Dilly Dilly where it's a string of them. Can't really pick one, but the the Talking Baby E-Trade commercials for me are some of the most hilarious written, perfect little commercials. Because not only is it, it's, it's, it's funny, but it actually like tells you about the ad and it's kind of that perfect <laughs> thing. You know, it tells you what E-Trade is, and it's, it's, but it's perfect. And it's done in such a beautifully artistic way with these like, with the, you know, the, uh, lips on the baby that are moving and it's like a grown adult but it's a, a literally an infant like a two-month-old baby just talking about making stocks and and building his uh portfolio and all this stuff and it's just hilarious it's perfectly <laughs> simple great humor i mean some of the best ones are the one where he's in a timeout because he rode his dog as a uh, small horse and the mom takes away his uh, ipad and he's like, okay, solitary confinement, I see. And then he pulls out his uh, <laughs> smartphone with the, with, with, with the E-Trade app on it. Um, the freaking milkaholic Lindsay, where he's FaceTiming with his girlfriend. And the girlfriend was asking why he didn't call him. And he was saying, oh, he, he, was, he was up all night looking at stocks. And the girlfriend was like, was that milkaholic Lindsay over here? And she's like, <laughs> and, the dude, and the dude's like, Lindsay? And then Lindsay pops in the screen, goes, what? And all that shit. And then the freaking, the, uh, the uh, golf one where the dude like he's complaining that his that his golf buddy isn't paying him the money he uh, bet him on the round because his 401k is tanking and uh, and uh he complained that the the, the baby um moved his uh golf ball on the ninth hole and then the baby was <laughs> the baby was like it, it was on the cart path and he's like he's like read the rule book you uh shankopotamus i mean just like perfect amazing beautifully written humor um, honestly, you can watch YouTube compilations that are like 10 minutes long of like all these commercials. There's a ton of them, like more than I remembered. Um, I mean, there's, there's probably like 20 to 30 of them. Just, I mean, but those are the ones that's for, for me stick out. Um, there's so many great ones. I could watch those commercials forever. Like, I think it's, I don't, I haven't seen one in probably the last five or six years, at least it's definitely been a while. So I think that, I think it's officially discontinued. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't even know if E-Trade still a, com- a company anymore, but Oh, it is. Oh, when yeah. when they were, those commercials were phenomenal. If I ever get into stocks or whatever, I'm going to go eat trade. 100%. I'm surprised <laughs> you haven't yet. If you love those commercials so damn much, like you should have. Yeah. I mean, oh, trading. All right. We got the screen share. Yeah, we got it. So I actually was wrong. It's Boston and Philly. Damn, uh, trading. Don't really not, know not why Philly is involved, but regardless, let's take a look. All right. No sound. Oh, I probably need to turn on the sound. That's a good idea. There you go. It also helped that the that the women in the commercial were like attractive. Yeah. Oh, I know. I, I remember this commercial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who <laughs> <laughs> runs like that? <laughs> just eat shit. Yeah. I, I loved it because it's just it's, it's a small it's a small jet like it's a small like you know look at that um you know rivalry type of type of thing um so that's why i loved it it's actually a geico commercial i thought it was i thought it was a um discover commercial 
Um, but there you go. I mean, I'm oh, way wrong. This was 2014, though. I mean, I'm surprised that commercial was. I feel like that commercial was not that old, but um, yeah, I don't remember that one. That was funny. That's a great one. Um, yeah. So, guys, tell us what your favorite commercial, most memorable commercials are. There's a lot of them. I mean, we we live in America, cat. You know, it's 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 what we're about here is trying to get you to buy your shit, and you got to have a good commercial. Yeah, you, you have to make it memorable, even if it's really shitty. It's still memorable. You know, some of the best commercials, the most, the ones that stick in your brain, the ones the worst. So either make it really bad or really good, but you can't be anywhere in between. So uh, guys, let us know what you got, but Trayden, thanks. And uh, Trayden and James, thanks for playing along. And uh, hopefully you guys approve of our list. If we missed one, let us know. Dilly dilly. Dilly dilly. (laughs) Uh, Thanks, Tyler. That was lots of fun. Uh, We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to dive into James's waiver wire picks. It is playoffs, so Tyler, you don't give two fucking shits about this segment. You're only here to help. We'll be back. And we're back. We're going to, you know, steer it back into uh, into the lane of sports. James, you're going to talk to us about your waiver wire picks for week one of the fantasy football playoffs for the 2021 season. Um, take it away, bud. Super exciting time for about four people in every single league because everybody else does not care. Unless you're last and not trying to get last because if you get last, you get punished. Who's last in our league? I have Eric. Got to be Eric. <laughs> I have know. I know. He has not even asked. <laughs> so Eric is going to have to do the beer mile, ladies and gentlemen. He didn't do yes. it last year, but he's going to have to do it this year. Some quick updates on our league right now. I lost to Spear, unfortunately, but I still got the number one seat to the playoff, so it is what it is. I don't care. Tyler lost to Anthony, and he's been out of the playoffs for a long time. Eric pulled out a win, so now he has three wins and 11 losses. And then uh, Trayden destroyed Alex. Playoff picture going into the first week of playoffs. It's me, Trayden, Anthony, and Spear. Two of us made it in. It's going to be exciting. You're going to have updates all playoffs long. Starting off with the QB situation. Yeah, uh, just a heads up, guys. The waiver wires this week are, are tough, okay, <laughs> to say the least. for saying that. Yeah, they are uh, extremely – you got to – I mean, like, I don't even know if you're going to use these. Maybe, like, somebody's going to get COVID last second, and you're like, damn, I got to find somebody. So here it is. Davis Mills, QB, Houston Texans. Rostered in 0.9% of leagues, not even 1%. That's super small, considering that there's a lot of leagues and a lot of people out there. Not even 1%. Come on, man. But he did put up 18 points last week, yesterday. 33 completions on 49 attempts, 331 yards, and one touchdown. We also added two carries for eight yards. Basically, the Houston Texans QB job is his job to lose, and it's his job to keep up through next year if he does well. Uh, There have been reports that says that if this tryout of his for the next couple weeks goes well, the Houston Texans will use their first-round pick on a defensive player, not a quarterback, giving Davis Mills time to, you know, make that offense his own. And he did well this last game. He started off 14 for 14. The dude didn't miss 14 straight throws. He looked confident, and he's he's able to kind of dictate his future with the team and in the NFL with these upcoming games. The Texans have little to no run game and no defense. So, you know, they're going to throw a lot which is evidence as 49 attempts this last week. Up next, they play the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are such a bad team. I mean, Urban Meyer, you, you got to quit sooner rather than later, man. You just make yourself look worse and worse and worse every single week. Rough year. There was a press conference. They asked about this defensive guy who uh, was gonna, supposed to see more playing time. And so Urban Meyer, after the game, was like, 
Yeah, he got he got some snaps out there. He had zero snaps. I think his name is Quincy. He had zero snaps. And before the game, Urban Meyer was like, yeah, James Robinson will get more work. James Robinson had four carries. It's ridiculous. This right. guy sucks. Maybe maybe we should trade in there, man. Uh, Trayton, what do you think, man? <laughs> Uh, you know what? Um, once I started, <laughs> once I started uh, researching this, um, I really regretted picking Davis Mills. <laughs> like, dude, what the fuck? And then I, you know, and then I was gonna come on here and say, you know what? For the third straight week, I, you got to go with Taysom Hill, but he's at fifty-seven percent, so I can't say that. Um, Taysom Hill is still the guy, but okay. Um, anyway, um, Davis Mills. Whole. I mean, here's the thing. I, <laughs> You're you have to do what you're not supposed to do when it comes to investing or dealing with fantasy football. Hope is not a thesis. And that's what you're hoping. You're hoping for Davis Mills to dig deep and and, you know, find a way to, to you know, dictate his future and be good and be the starting quarterback. You're hoping that that's not that's not what you're you can't be doing that when you're when you're trying to win fantasy football. But you know what? If I guess if you have no other options, there you go. I mean, Tyler, I'm going to kind of help you and say Ben's out there. And I have a better, I mean, Ben might be a better option, but hey, I don't know. Um, Davis Mills, what I like about him, at least this week, is he is playing Jackson, or I'm sorry, uh, yeah, Jacksonville, and they are fucking terrible. So James, you ha- you do have that. He did look pretty impressive considering he did throw for 331 yards. So, you know, you might get, you, you might have a good week when you have a, you know, you have a good matchup against the Jacksonville Jags. But after that, you're probably not keeping them because you got, you got, the, I know you have the Niners in there. You have the Chargers who have the ability to, to, to do some work defensively. And then the Titans, you, I just don't know what I'm going to get out of the Titans. So I think this might be a one-week streaming option here. Yeah, but sometimes that's all you need, man, is a one-week streaming option. Tyler, what do you got? Yeah, how about uh, Tua Tagovailoa against the New York Jets? I think this guy's a solid option. I mean, again, this guy's a little bit inconsistent. But he's done very well against shitty teams. Okay, against the Jacksonville Jaguar, he put up tw- he put up twenty one points against the, the Atlanta Falcons, twenty six, and then seventeen both against the Jets that he's going to play and the New York Giants. Um, and those and the Jets and the Giants were coming off back to back weeks, so he's put up more than fifteen points in more than half of his fantasy outings, um, and he has the potential to do really well again against the Jets team that isn't very good. So this guy, you know, Tua, you know, still an up and coming guy, still has a lot to improve on as far as a quarterback goes, but he seems to do well against teams that he should beat. And the Jets are definitely a team that he should beat. And I think that he's going to go off on Sunday against the, against the uh, New York Jets. To be fair, James, really quick, to be fair to you, considering that this last week was the last week for buys, theoretically all of the starting quarterbacks are eligible for the next four weeks. So I think that this position is kind of like we have to do this position as a formality, like just for fun. Like, and also the amount of COVID cases are going through the roof right now. True, and that is true. NFL. So honestly, man, there could be like a last second, like, oh, this guy tested positive on Sunday. Shoot, you got to you got to figure somebody true. out quick. That, that is very very true. And if you go on the quicks and people have three quarterbacks on our roster, like Eric, who's not even playing, but he's still rushing three quarterbacks, you're gonna have to pick up Davis Mills. What do you got? Like, you got nothing else. And so this is emergency only kind of thing. Sure. Tyler, I do love that pick. I didn't, didn't, even, didn't even think about Tua, but that was, that was a fantastic pick. It was. Thank you. Uh, moving on to running back, I got Rashad Penny. I actually do like this pick quite a bit oh, out yeah. of Seattle. Um, rostered in 5.7% of leagues. He put up 26.8 points. Huge numbers. 
16 carries for 137 yards and two touchdowns. Added one reception for one yard, so he got 1.1 points on that. Uh, but uh, the tough part about this is that he's not kind of, he's not guaranteed to be the starting back in Seattle. But all reports and all accounts say that he will be because of what he just did. Um, everybody else is kind of banged up. I mean, uh, their starting guy from a while ago was or Alex Collins is kind of in and out of the lineup. AP's in and out of the lineup. Uh, Travis Homer in and out of the lineup. Rashad Penny just got healthy. He was such a good back coming out of college about three years ago, but he's been injured time after time after time. I think he missed an entire season about a year ago, but now he's, he has four games left to kind of prove that he belongs in the NFL because his rookie contract is, is expiring this year. So what he's going to do, he's going to ball out and Russ is starting to hit again, guys. Like Russ is eight weeks out of that finger surgery. He's starting to become more accurate which means DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett will open up the box a little bit more because nobody can stuff that box. And so when that happens, Pete Carroll loves to run the ball. And if the defensive backs and linebackers are slagging off to get the wide receivers, that's going to leave Rashad Penny just lane after lane after lane. And I understand they're playing against a hard matchup. They're playing against the LA Rams. The Seahawks are in win every single game from this point forward if they want to make the playoffs mode. And so if that means stuffing it and just running the ball with Rashad Penny, who's hot right now, that's what it's going to have to be. Seattle doesn't have a choice. It's in their DNA. Tyler, what do you think? Uh, okay. I legit have no clue. Okay. <laughs> do not listen to me when it comes to fantasy running backs. Remember last week how I was like, pick up Dontrell Hillard. This dude's going to go off. I picked up Dontrell Hillard, and guess what he put up for me? 1.3 fucking points. <laughs> 1.3. Okay. Antonio Gibson, my other running back who's been – who the fuck knows what you're going to get out of him? 4.1 points. Okay. Burkhead, the dude that I started last week, the last weekend, he got four points for me. I sat him on the bench this week, goes off for 11 points. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I'm pleading the fifth on this one, James. Don't listen to me when it comes to running backs. I have nothing to say. Jaden, why do you not like Rashad Penny? <laughs> um, this, you know, you know how I started on the last, you know, last position saying I was, I regretted picking my, picking my picks it was after the research yeah this is this is kind of why so so i'm actually going to take tyler's spot and say that oh and no i'm not i'm not i'm going to stick with my spot but i'm going to i'm going to help tyler and saying rashad penny is the best option right now just given everything james said that that being said there is more than one person there's always need to be a fucking alternative so chargers play thursday austin eckler is probably not going to be playing thursday so that I'm going to be cheating a little bit again because I, I do this all the time. You have two options at the running back position for the for the Chargers. They are playing the Chiefs. It is probably going to be a relatively um, high scoring game. There's probably going to be a lot of you know running, a lot of passing. There's going to be a you know and there's going to be a lot of offense both ways. Um, you have either Justin Jackson or you have Joshua Kelly. More than likely, they're both going to be splitting splitting duties. So it, it's very similar. I don't know. I think I had a had a pick like maybe you know. Um, seven weeks ago that um, both Kareem Hunt and Chubb were out. So I said e either of these two, um, either of these two uh, running backs, I don't even remember their names. Um, Johnson. Yeah, they're both, both of those boys are back. So it doesn't even matter, but uh, Justin Jackson or Josh, uh, Joshua Kelly, um, I, I would lean towards Justin Jackson. He has more upside when it comes to the, to the, um, rece the receptions, which in PPR, uh, PPR league, which is, which ours is, is comes at a premium. Um, so, you know, I, this is a team where you don't have a running back that takes all of the running duties <laughs> looking at you, um, Josh Allen. Thank you, by the way. Um, 
Justin Herbert do, can move the ball with his feet, but that's not his, he is a thrower and he, and you know, he's, that's where his biggest strong suit is. Um, but he also, you know, he, he, he runs that defense or offense pretty strong. So um, with Austin Eckler out and who could be out for multiple weeks, this could be an option for, um, for you to take, you know, one of the leading backs for the chargers. And here's the thing, they play Thursday. Um, so, you know, both of those guys are going to be a lot healthier than obviously Eckler, um, who obviously probably won't play. Um, they're going to be ready to run. The rest of that team might be a little bit banged up. So there might be running the ball a little bit more than they normally would. Um, that's just, I'm just making that up. I don't even know if that's true. Um, <laughs> but Justin Jackson, if you're in PPR, um, or maybe you could look at Joshua Kelly as another option. Um, either of those two, I think are going to be okay as a, as a, as an option for the, uh, San Diego, or, uh, San Diego Chargers, uh, Los Angeles Chargers. I prefer Justin Jackson over Joshua Kelly because Joshua yeah. Kelly did have an opportunity in seasons past that did not produce. Justin Jackson's next man up. I would go with Justin Jackson. Love that pick. Moving on to the wide receiver position, I got Rashad Bateman from the Baltimore Ravens. Not to be confused with Rashad Penny. He was a running back. Tyler, we're talking Rashad Bateman, the wide receiver. Got it. Thank you. Rostered in 24.9% of leagues, put up 17.3 points, seven receptions and eight targets for 103 yards. This is his second appearance on my wave warrior list. I love this guy. Extremely talented rookie. He has shown a great relationship with the backup QB in Tyler Huntley. And Lamar Jackson could be out for an extended period of time. We don't know. Reports don't have been out yet. But the fact that he had to be carded off the sideline doesn't show, doesn't tell you anything good here. Uh, he was questionable at first, but then was ruled out at halftime. It could be a multiple week thing for Lamar Jackson. And like the rapport between Huntley and Rashad Bateman is ridiculous. Eight targets, huge. He was the go-to guy in these really high leverage key situations. And that's what you're going to need. They're not going to, Tyler Huntley doesn't throw deep to Hollywood Brown. He's going to throw a short to Bateman and Mark Andrews. And Bateman's more of the possession receiver, the bigger guy. That's who you're going to trust more. Um, up next, they play the Green Bay Packers. It's going to be a high scoring game. You know, Aaron Rodgers is going to ball out once again. So you're going to have to throw in a lot more offense. So Rashad Bateman is my pick. Trayden, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. I mean, that game, that game for the Ravens was quite weird, just given the fact that, um, you know, Lamar, Lamar is going to be out for, I would think he's going to be out for a little longer than, you know, just a game. And you have Tyler Huntley in there. And for the first time ever, you're seeing this team throwing the ball way more than they ever have. And that is a lot more opportunity for Rashad Bateman, who, as you said, is getting um, a lot of uh, a, a lot of uh, work and chemistry with uh, with Huntley. He saw a career high in catches and yards. He played 64% of the snaps, um, including 75% of the pass plays. I mean, that means he's on the, he, that means he is clearly a big part of that um, offense, especially with um, Huntley, um, you know, at, at the helm there. Um, he, he's still probably a number three target, but it might, he, you actually could argue that he's getting a little bit higher, just simply that, that, that um, chemistry as that chemistry builds. Um, Huntley, Huntley with, a, with in that position is always going to want to go for a guy he's, he's going to trust. That way he looks good. That way he keeps his team going forward. If Bateman is that guy, then you're, you're, you have potential huge upside um, going into going into the stretch here. Tyler. All right. I'm going to go with Amon Ra St. Brown of the Detroit Lions. All right. Hear me out. Where they're playing the Arizona Cardinals next week. So not the most favorable matchup, um, but here we go. He's leading the team in yards and catches. Uh, seems to be, especially lately, a number one target um, there for the uh, Detroit Lions and Jared Goff. Uh, he's coming off his two best fantasy weeks of the season. And you know the Lions are going to be down early against the Cardinals. 
And what do you do when you're down early? You throw the ball. So he's going to be, I think he's going to guy that's going to be racking up a lot of points there against Arizona. So look out for Amon Ross St. Brown, one of the coolest names too ever. He's a, he's a local guy too. He came out of modern day and went to SCF. Really? Did not know. Yeah. Cool. I mean, the St. Browns, St. Browns went to serve by and modern day. I uh, work with Equinemia St. Brown at the Packers. So that's kind of cool. I worked with him when I was at Servite. But nice. yeah, they're, they're all local, local kids. They're like the balls, but for the NFL, they're the St. Browns. There's another brother out there somewhere. I don't know where he's at. I think he might be at UCLA right now. Uh, but yeah, cool family, um, athletic family. Like that pick too. Great name. Yeah. Tight end. Trading specialty. But today it's going to be Tyler's. It's going to be weird. Well, we'll see. <laughs> I, picked, I picked Austin Hooper at the Cleveland Browns, rostered in 34.1% of leagues, 14 points on five receptions off seven targets for 30 yards and a touchdown. Last week, Tyler had so eloquently said, I want David and Joku to be my tight end pick. And I was like, yeah, but you got to, there's three tight ends there. Like, bro, like, what are you going to do? There's three people. And Austin Hooper was one, one of the people I brought up. And Joku went out with COVID last second, and Harrison Bryant had an ankle injury. So Tyler, your pick sucked once again. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> he could have predicted COVID. <laughs> yeah, you could have, bro. You could have seen like if you did you your know, research, you would have seen he wasn't right. wearing his mask one time, and you're like, oh, Fuck. oh shit, that's <laughs> I forgot about. Uh, yeah, forgot about the mask. <laughs> yeah. oh. uh, anyway, Austin Hooper, he took advantage of his opportunities of being the only healthy tight end that the Cleveland Browns had, and the other tight ends could be out longer than expected because if Njoku is symptomatic, he could be out multiple weeks. And if Harrison Bryant's ankle injury is nagging, he could be out multiple weeks. It's going, it's going to be the Austin Hooper show, bro. It's the Hooper. Uh, people forget that Austin Hooper used to be a stellar tight end when he was with the Falcons. And with the Browns, who didn't pass that much. He was kind of just left there. But he still has that same pass-catching prowess that he's always had, and it's going to show up right now. Uh, up next, they play the Las Vegas Raiders, who are a bad defense, and the team itself is just so lost. I mean, with all the stuff that's going on this season, and they tried to up the ante by stomping on the Chiefs' logo pregame, and then just got it just shoved back in their face so hard. That wasn't even a game, man. That was that was embarrassing. Anyway, Austin Uber, I think he's going to ball out. Tyler, what are, what are your thoughts? I agree. Two thumbs up on this pick. Um like, as you mentioned, you know, the, the Browns are one of those teams that have a lot of future tight ends, but you're going to have at least one of them is probably most likely not going to be playing next week. And depending on what happens with the COVID thing, um, you can say he, he could be their primary tight end. And I think it's a good matchup. Um, obviously, keep keep an eye out for that, for the, uh, the injury, injury news coming out of Cleveland there for the tight ends. So that might factor in your decision. But, you know, as, as Hooper last week, as their primary tight end, had a great week. So uh, I think this guy's a good pick of any with the tight end slots with how uh, how thin we are with those right now normal tight end guy trading what are your thoughts man okay this is the this is the hailest mary of, of hail marys ever and i really wanted to i really wanted to challenge myself and <laughs> this dude that i'm about to say is rostered in 0.4 percent of rust of rosters okay um, this is, this is insane. I understand, but it's fun. This is what we do. This podcast. Is it Gerald Everett? No, it is not. It is <laughs> Brevin Jordan of the, oh, of, the, the of the Texans. Yeah. You're going to, um, you're going to stack, here's why, you're stack here's him or why? why? 
I like this guy because he's 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 scored three touchdowns in in his um in his um time you know as, as a rookie for the Houston uh for the Houston Texans. Um, he, he, he ended the, he ended the day yesterday with a 12.6 points with, uh, four receptions on seven targets for 26 yards. He still hasn't, um, got close to his 41 yard, um, uh, record, or I guess career record, um, <laughs> against the, against the Rams, um, against the Rams on the eight, uh, on week eight. This is a guy that you have Davis Mills, who's, who's trying to, um, you know, push forward, keep, keep his job. He's going to, he's going to be looking for maybe even shorter passes, especially when you're in the, when you're in the red zone against the, you're against the Jags who are, who have given up, I believe five touchdowns to, um, to tight ends this year. They are not very good that they're not very good, but it's, it's enough. That's five touchdowns over 15 weeks. Well, because, because they're, because they're getting beat long ball. So. (laughs) <laughs> they're, they're, there's they don't, the teams don't really need to get to the red zone because the Jacksonville Jags are already getting beat, you know, down the field. That's, so. That's a good point. <laughs> so um, when, when, when they're in the end zone, you're going to, you're going to see this guy get targeted. And again, when it comes to tight ends, you uh, touchdowns come at a premium and this guy's going to be a huge um, target in the, in the red zone. Look, this guy is a fucking Hail Mary. I get it, but that's fun. That's what, that's, what's fun about this. I think that he could get another 10 point, uh, a 10 point week. He, he has three double digit, um, ha- I guess half of his weeks have been double digit, um, double digit weeks. So what's to say against the shitty ass Jacksonville Jags team that he can't do it again. If you are really, really hoping to get a dub and you're having a, a bad year and you're like the number four seed trying to the number one seed stack Brevin Jordan and Davis Mills against the Jacksonville Jaguars defense. Just I think you'll be pleasantly surprised about what happens next. Just for fun. Just for fun. You know, if you have no shot, I mean, might as well. And if it happens to be a great Like if, like if you're playing James. <laughs> yeah, if you're playing me. Whoever the number four seed is, you got no shot, bro. It's game <laughs> over. Dude. I'm at least getting my money back. Here we go. <laughs> but, but you guys, uh, we, before we end your, your segment, um, James, let's, uh, let's wheel back to yesterday. We are actually last week. We had a bet uh, between Cam Newton and Jared Goff on who would have the most points after yesterday. Who <laughs> did have the most points after yesterday, my friend? It actually came down to the wire. Let's <laughs> <did. real> here. <laughs> Jared Goff ended up with nine points, and Cam oh. Newton had thirteen. Boom. The tough part about this is, and the most embarrassing part about this is, is that Cam Newton got benched twice he that did. game. He got benched twice, and he still got more points than Jared Goff. <laughs> <laughs> but the and, tough part about that is too is that the Jared Goff had um 11 points going into the fourth quarter and he had one interception and that one interception was a 40-yard bomb for a touchdown so had that gone the other way I would have easily won because I would have oh, been would've... 10 yeah it would, like it would have been at least six points right there and so that would have helped me out a ton but it, instead it went negative two backwards to nine right <laughs> so if, if if it doesn't prove the fact that a quarterback who can move the ball with his feet is way more valuable than a guy who can't even you look at Taysom Hill, you look at Cam Newton, those guys just need to get a touchdown and it's fine. They can't throw or shit. I throw, no, I shouldn't say that. I almost throw better than that. (laughs) No, that's not true, but um, they are, they are terrible throwers, but Hey, they move the ball with their feet and that's all you need to get three rounds of beers. Ladies and gentlemen, that is, that is James's, um, um, segment for this week uh we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we're going to talk hockey with me to end the podcast stay tuned with health concerns on the rise it's as important as ever to keep your people safe 
Dimer isn't another BS COVID company. They've been developing their tech to kill germs and save lives since 2014. Dimer's original UBC products have won them partnerships with some of the best technology companies in the country and earned them a spot on Time Magazine's Best Inventions of 2020. Dimer started out disinfecting airplanes. Now they're in hospitals, athletic facilities, hotels, classrooms, basically anywhere people might have been sick. When it comes to keeping your players, employees, guests, and customers in your facility safe, trust Dimer. For TLDR listeners, they are offering free disinfection as a service in select areas. So that means they will come disinfect your facility for free. You can take them up on this offer by visiting dimeruv.com and at dimeruv on social media. Use code TLDR for your first disinfection as a service appointment for free. That's dimer like diner with an M as in Mike Trout. Ever heard of him? Kill more germs, prevent more infections, save more lives. D-I-M-E-R-U-V dot com. And we're back. Holy puck, what a week. Um, we're back with, with some holy, uh, holy puck moments from me talking about NHL news. Um, I'm just going to start by just ca- kind of ramming off a couple, railing off a couple um, <laughs> topics. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't even, I can't even start. I'm, I'm ready, guys. I'm, I'm in such a great mood today, and I just, I don't know why. Um, he made cookies against the Cardinals tonight. He made cookies before this entire podcast started, and his hair got a little messed up because, you know, yeah. cookies is slang or something now, is it? <laughs> Yes. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm in a good mood. Um, so, you know, we're just going to keep it rolling. Um, first of all, the, the board of governors had um, the NHL board of governors had a, had a big meeting with the commissioner. Um, I don't know if this is necessary the board of governors, but it, it, they had, they had their, their first, you know, large meeting in, in a while between the, uh, um, the general managers and the, the NHL came back. And um, so there's some good news and bad news. The good news is the, the league is anticipating revenues to top 5 billion, we actually get 5.2, which is pre COVID revenues um, already um, here in this season. Um, after that huge COVID um, uh, that COVID impact, obviously a big part of that was the ESPN and Turner sports some um, contracts but this is good news. Um, we're actually going to see the, the the cap go up. It's only going to go up a million, mostly because of the escrow thing. We, the the owners still need to be made whole, and that's going to take a couple years. But the fact that we're already back to pre-COVID levels with that with that ESPN and Turner Sports contracts, assuming that you know COVID continues to kind of get out of our lives, well, not really get out of our lives, but but stop, but people you know come back to the arenas more, and we're, and we see more. Um, you know, uh, fans at st- fans in the stands. Maybe next season, um, we should be able to, re- you know, eclipse that that revenue um, th- that revenue uh, top uh, five five point two and continue to go up. And that's that's going to be really good for for teams in terms of cap space and all that good stuff. So that that was that was um, pleasant. But the, uh, the the bad news um, for Olympic fans such as myself, um, the the China came out with their protocols for, um, for, for the games. And it sounds like if you test positive there in Beijing for the Olympics, you have to stay quarantined for between three and five weeks, potentially. Um, which would mean that, that players pretty much would not be able to come back 
and play their season. I mean, the, the Olympics are only two and a half weeks long, I believe, maybe three weeks. Um, so assuming that assuming that a player tests positive at the start of the gold medal game, you know, which is the last day of the play, uh, last day of the Olympics every year, they'd have to stay in 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 China for three to five weeks. So we've already seen Robin Leonard bow. He's like, I'm out. I, I can't do that. That's that's a mental health thing for him. Um, and we might see some more players do that. So the reality is it sounds like according to, according to the, the NHL, that it's up to the players association, whether they want to do it, it's really in their hands. Um, you know, if they don't go, I think it is a shame that they, that we wouldn't be able to see them on the, um, you know, on that international, um, you know, stage. I think it means a lot to the players and for some of them, it's, it's their last opportunity to do so. Um, this would be our last opportunity probably to see um, Connor McDavid team up with, with um, Sidney Crosby, unless anyone believes that Sidney Crosby is going to play for another four years. Maybe he will. I, I don't know. Um, but I, I just don't think so. Um, although, you know, maybe we're seeing, we're seeing crazy stuff happen, um, you know, in the NFL with Tom Brady. So who knows um, the guy's 34. So he probably could play at 38 years old. Um, I just don't know if Canada would be able to have him on the team. Although uh, I think that Canada would do anything to have, have him you know at least as a second or third line center um, but just to play with Connor McDavid would be a treat so we may not get that um, I just wanted to update everyone with that it's not for sure we don't really know what's going to happen but um, it's slowly becoming reality that the uh, the NHL may not be going to to uh, Beijing for the Olympics which is very upsetting um, you guys have any comments on that or am I good to keep going that sucks yeah just a yeah. bummer obviously you know I think it's been a long time since we've had the, you know, the best of the best play against. I think we love that international competition. So it's a real bummer that, I mean, either way, we'll still get, you know, NHL or Olympic hockey. It's just not going to be with the, the players we know, um, which is, it, it makes it all much better. So bummer, bummer news. But at the end of, and at the, end of the day, the Olympics is still going to happen. So, man, at least there's yeah. that. <laughs> that is true. The Olympics are still going to happen. And, you know, the, the, the athletes that, that are going to go there that, you know, I, I don't just watch hockey. The winter Olympics are my favorite Olympics um, um, between the two um, for the other stuff too. Um, obviously hockey is the big one, but um, you know, th those, those athletes and those other sports are just as amazing to watch. Um, and there's some fun sports um, probably more tragic news. I would say um, the NHL's, but one of the NHL, if not in at least in recent um, in recent times in recent era, um, the best American hockey goalie is is um, hanging up the skates because of a, a, a degenerative knee injury, and that is Ben Bishop. Um, ben Bishop did get reinstated back in the AHL last week. He played a he I think he played um, a game. I don't even think he finished, and he just he couldn't do it. Um, and it and he has to hang up the skates. This guy played um 413 games for uh for you know in the in the nhl with a 2.32 goals against average and a 0.921 save percentage over that time 54 wins 35 losses i'm sorry 222 wins 128 losses and 33 um shutouts i mean next to tim thomas he might actually be ahead of tim thomas he he will go down as the, as probably the greatest american goaltender at least um at least in the modern era uh, I, I mean, unless you see Connor Hellebuck or, uh, you know, Jack Campbell, you know, make that run, but I just don't see it. Um, I just don't think that they, I mean, maybe Connor Hellebuck, but definitely not um, Jack Campbell. Um, may, you could maybe throw in Gibson, but Gibson still has a little bit to go. Um, but um, Ben Bishop, um, we wish you the best. And um, it's very unfortunate that you did not get a Stanley Cup because, you know, you, you may be the one of the greatest goaltenders to not win um, a Stanley Cup. 
Um, and that's a shame. Um, last, last bit of news before we get into with, with the guys, I'm sorry, I'm taking a little bit, but Mark Andre Fleury last week, um, in a shutout, um, I believe it was, I'm sorry. I don't even know. I can't even remember. Who, oh, it was against the Habs. It was against the, the, the Canadians in Montreal, the Chicago Blackhawks shut out the, um, the Montreal Canadians for Mark Andre Fleury's 500th win of the season. Um, and wow. I mean, it, what was amazing is the is because you know he's he's obviously a French Canadian um, hockey player and um, he he got his 500th win and it was a shutout right in Montreal and the Montreal fans gave him a standing O. Um, it was it was unbelievable to see. Um, Marc Andre Fleury may be the best goaltender ever. <laughs> he's the third goaltender um, to do this. He's the goal, third goaltender in history to get 500 wins, which is absolutely amazing. And it doesn't seem like he's slowing down. He had a, he had a rough start, but he is back at it. And you know what this, um, and you know what, uh, Tyler, you, I told you to kind of, you know, take a, to, you know, gather some thoughts on, on this guy. He's playing great. First of all, I want your general thoughts on Mark Andre Fleury's career. You know, you know, he's had quite the roller coaster of a season, um, but he's still, I think everybody regards him as one of the best, um, definitely the most lovable. Um, that's for sure. Um, look, and, and the last question I have is, is he on a playoff contending team by the deadline? Uh, so to answer your first question, yeah, I mean, Marc-Andre Fleury, I mean, when I really started to watch hockey, you know, really get into it and know other players like this, this dude was, you know, probably one of the best top three, if not one of the best goalies growing up. And, you know, he was just the guy that I knew. I was like, it's Marc-Andre Fleury, like he's a legend already. And that was, you know, God, I'm. 15 years ago when I remember this guy didn't play. And so um, he's had an amazing, super great long career on a, on a lot of good teams. He's always won a bunch. As we saw last year, he still got it. You know, if he's, if he's on a good team, he still got it. And I think for me, I wish he was on a good team still, especially with the recent year that he had with the golden Knights. Um, unfortunately the Chicago Blackhawks just haven't put the, the best team around him. Uh, for him to kind of be back in the back in the headlines other than, you know, this amazing career milestone. Um, in my opinion, I do believe that he's going to be on a contender by the trade deadline. There's going to be some team looking for a goaltender, either whether, even if it's that depth, even if he's the number two, right? Like, why not? You know, it, you never know. When it comes to playoffs, sometimes your number one goalie just, you, you see it sometimes. They just are having a rough time of it. And if you can have that guy that's coming in and coming in and he's Mark Andre Fleury, I mean, imagine the freaking confidence that's going to instill in the team. Um, so, you know, not necessarily even as a number one goalie, but there's got to be a team that's in need for, I mean, it, it could be number one, but certainly goalie depth. There's going to be a team out there that's going to be looking to buy a, a goaltender. What, and what better goaltender to get the trade deadline than one of the greatest of all time in Mark Andre Fleury. Yeah. I mean, off the top of your head, do, you, do, do any teams come to your mind? Yeah, so I was kind of looking at this because I knew you were going to ask me that question. Um, so <laughs> it's tough because I obviously, usually the top teams have really good goaltenders in Thank most you. cases, right? So it's there's not a lot of teams that I'm like glaringly, obviously this team needs a goaltender, right? Like good teams are going to have good goaltenders. The one team that I think that could potentially make this move that might shock some people is the Colorado is the Colorado. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche. Um, the reason being Darcy Kemper, you know, great goal, great goaltender, hasn't had those best seasons so far. In fact, statistically, Mark Andre Fleury is better than him in every single statistic. 
Um, so you're already going to upgrade there with your number one goalie. So you're upgrading. And like I said, I think goalie depth is a really big thing. The, the Avalanche, you know, they've been this team that has been a juggernaut team in the regular season for, for a, a lot of years here and just hasn't been able to find the way to get it done in the, in the uh, playoffs. And I'm not saying Marc-Andre Fleury is the answer to that, but I think this is a team that, you know, might make a move to try to impress the fan base and say, hey, we're going for it. And I think Marc-Andre Fleury is a big name to bring in there. Um, so I think that could be a potential buyer there. So maybe Fleury going to Colorado. We'll see. Love, I love that pick. Um, and it's because the reality is uh, 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 the, the top teams have their goaltender. Um, and so to your point, there's not very, there, that, that really limits it, especially those contenders. But the, the, here's the thing about the, the Colorado avalanche, you know, we, we, we give a lot of shit to the Toronto Maple Leafs cause they can't get out of the first round. Well, that's the same thing for the, for the, uh, for the Colorado avalanche, like they will be expected to get past the second round. And if they don't, it's a failure of the season. And, you know, th their window is closing fast. I mean, actually, this, this might be the last, I think this is their last year with, um, with uh, McKinnon on that um, amazing deal. Um, and you have Gabriel Landeskog, I think is out um, for a while. Yeah, this might be a, this might, that might be a, a big move. Um, I, I, again, I do see, you know, Edmonton in the mix there, maybe um, if, if I think that all depends on Mike Smith, who looks like he might be playing tomorrow. We'll see which would be very exciting. I don't know yet, James, calm down. Well, uh, <laughs> I, I love, love Mike that. Smith. I know. Uh, I know what you do. Um, but going, just go quickly, going back to Marc-Andre Fleury, the guy has 500 wins, third goalie to do it. Um, just behind Patrick Watt, 551, and Martin Brodeur at 691. I don't think he's, he's, he's getting <laughs> Marty Brodeur numbers. Uh, Bro, Marty Brodeur is the best goaltender to ever live. I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> that's the reality of it. Um, but you know, Mark Andre Fleury has had quite the has quite had quite the season. I mean, he's a, he's a I think he's a three time Stanley Cup winner um, now. Um, he it seems like he's disrespected every every disrespected by a lot of the teams that he's on, but he still just loves the game through and through. And he I, I, he's one of those players, and and there's many of these types of players in all in all of our sports that if you don't like him you're almost a bad person. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it, it's tough to not like him. You know, it's not like, it's not like he's dirty. You know, he's not a dirty goalie. He doesn't, he does, he, he does things that just every fan can just appreciate. And um, you know, James, I, I don't know if there's any player that tops off the top of your head in the NFL. That Larry just, Fitzgerald. There you go. Like, it's just a guy that you just love the guy. Like you can't not love him. Um, and, and he's, and he's an elite player, or at least he was. Um, and he's so Mark Andre, right now, but yeah. yeah, I think Mark Andre Fleury is, is, is in that, is in that boat. Um, so, um, tip your hat to Mark Andre Fleury, um, um, great accomplishment. We will see where you end up at the, at the deadline, maybe nowhere, but maybe somewhere. Um, we'll, we'll find out. Oh, we'll see, but, uh, we're going to end it with, um, uh, a week one update with the Canucks now that Bruce Boudreaux has um, taken the helm um, with uh, with Jim Rutherford being named GM of the of the Canucks or uh, or I'm sorry at least president of hockey ops is not quite the he's, he's the interim GM we're going to see where that kind of rolls but James I just want to get your thoughts um, this team is on a four game winning streak um, the, I know I, I talked about it last week that usually these teams have a little bit of a bump but I think it might be a little bit more than that and um, potentially. And is this team, does this team have a possibility of finding their way to the postseason and, you know, going further than that? Going to the, the Canucks going to the postseason? I don't know. 
Actually, I do know, and I'll let you know at the end of this little thing I got going on here. But let's dissect these uh, these four wins that they've had since Boudreaux took over on December 5th. 4-0 win against the Kings. The Kings suck. Not that impressive. Hey. They suck. Hey. They still suck. Better than the, the Fox. The what? The Fox. The Canucks. Yeah. I mean, as of right now, yes. Next, they have a 2-1 shootout win over Boston, and then a 4-3 shootout win over the Jets. Um, they're both shootout wins. Like they they won because one of the Patrick Demko just had a hell of a hell of a game and had better saves than the other goalies did. And to be honest, the Jets are kind of faltering right now. I don't know what's going on with them. Then they had a two-one win over the Canes. That's impressive, right? But like you had mentioned in every other podcast about having a new hire in the NHL as a coach, there's going to be a boost, right? But the question is, can they sustain that? It's been a little over a week, and typically, what you want to see is that sustained play over a two-week period. But I think in this case, it's different. I want to see that play be better after January 9th because for this next month, their schedule is weak. They play the Blue Jackets. They play the Sharks. They play the Kraken, the Coyotes, the Kings, who suck, the Sands and the Islanders. (laughs) Over the next 12 games, they play nine poopy teams. Let's be real here. And then Bruce Boudreau really got hired on at probably the easiest part of the Canucks schedule. That's a lot of winnable games for them. So up until January 9th, I think they're gonna have they're gonna look like they have they're gonna be in the cusp of playoff contention, but then they're gonna fall back to earth after that when they start playing teams that are actually decent to good and not sucky. And so I really want to know what they're gonna be like after January 9th. For the next month, the pot they'll be doing what they're doing now. They play a lot of winning winnable games and be in it. But after January 9th, that's when the real test comes in. And Bruce Boudreau has been able to will have been able to put in his system and his style of play and have the players have his trust. And so after January 9th, if those first week and a half after January 9th will really tell you what this team is about. Will they make playoffs? I think they're too far gone. They're too far behind now. They'll look like they're going to do well up until the 9th. And then from that point forward, they're going to fall back down to earth. Lots to unpack here. Um, (laughs) You, so you're clearly not bullish on the uh, on the Canucks thus no. um, I I'm apprehensively I'm apprehensively bullish, um, and I'm not like I'm not going to put all my chips in, but I'm actually pretty impressed by what they've done. And the reason why is because I think for the first time in what seems like a season and a, and a quarter, or at least a third, the the fan base and the entire organization is just calm down and Bruce Bruce Boudreaux came in and is just like let's just calm the fuck down shut the fuck up like looked at like he didn't say this to the fans but he's like just shut up just calm down and we they, you know they they, he, they have Brock Besser has really kind of settled in he got a couple goals this last couple this last week um you, you have you have guys that are starting to kind of you know um calm down play play hockey and, and it's baby steps now you're right they're, they're they're playing either teams that aren't great or they're playing teams that you know are having a little bit of a slump to beat the to beat the hurricanes is, is quite impressive um the hurricanes i don't know if you guys read my um my uh power rankings the Hur- we I, I saw the hurricanes play the edmonton Oilers this last week and they're my pick for the eastern conference winner um i think that they are better than they were last year which i you know, I had them going all the way last year. Um, this team is very, very good. And for the Canucks to come in there and do that is quite impressive. Um, they're only three games away from five, you know, being 500. I, 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 I can't count them out because I look at what St. Louis did 
And it, this is a team that in February was dead last. It was, they were had, they had, they had guys at practice that were in a fight, in a fist fight on, on, in a, in a, on video that the whole public saw and they turned around and they just, they just ramped up. Bruce Boudreaux knows how to, how to, you know, bring a team together, play, play a certain style, let his, let his um, top guys kind of go. And we could see them start to, to, you know, improve there. Thatcher Demko, when he's on, he's an excellent, he's an amazing goaltender. And so th- this team are, is just one big streak away from being right back in it because you, you let, let's look here. We have Calgary who has had a bit of a rough week last week and now they're on they're they're postponing games because of COVID Edmonton Oilers are on a five game losing streak that no team besides the LA Kings and the Vancouver Canucks are on a positive or, or more than one game winning streak. Like, these these teams are kind of like eh. the Anaheim Ducks have great have great ups and they have great downs. All these teams are. Last week was just an incredible week, and you saw in my power rankings, James. Like they were everywhere. <laughs> it was almost like flip flopped, and that's how this league is gone. So who who who's to say that the Vancouver Canucks can't make it in? Do I think that they're probably too far out? Yeah, but I thought the same fucking thing about the about the St. Louis Blues. Um, What's the- far about this is that division, man. Like okay, so. Three teams from the division pretty much make it, right? And then two wildcard teams throughout right. the West. Okay, so you still got to go. I mean, that's just that's to say that the the uh, um, Knights and the Avalanche are going to make it in because everybody expects yeah. them to, right? And so that leaves one spot there, and that's one spot to go for all those other teams because they're not going to make the wildcard because there's better teams in the Western Conference that will make that wildcard. That's tough to do. True. So I. But again, so, so I guess, I guess to your point, <laughs> the, the central or the, the central is probably going to take up most of the, I guess I shouldn't say that. Cause I don't really know. I don't know how the wild cards are going to rank up, but, but if you're going to bring in, if you're going to bring in the divisional look, <laughs> the blues had the, had the central to deal with who had Nashville's playing well that year. They have Colorado always Winnipeg, Dallas, those teams are always, uh, you know, always formidable foes and they came and, and they came and did it. And then you have to deal with the, the, the you know, the golden Knights of the, of the world and all that stuff. It, it, to, to, but to, to, you know, at least to give you to, 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 I guess, capitulate on one thing is that we, we, we have the LA Kings who are not fantastic and they're 538. They have a 538 uh, point percentage. That's sixth place in the Pacific and they're over 500. So to your point, you do, I, I will give you that in that if you're not 500 now, you're you're in pretty rough shape but again it's not it's it's not unheard of uh especially if if they if they end up with a 10 game winning streak you know over the next week and a half they're probably gonna be in a i mean they're probably gonna be up in like fifth place which is absurd so yeah but like i said the january 9th thing let's just let's look at that right so after let's say they win all these next they win the nine games that they're supposed to win this next month after January 9th, they play Florida, Tampa Bay, Carolina, Washington, Nashville, Florida again, the Blues, Oilers, Jets, Calgary. Like, that's a string of games that they're probably going to lose. Will they win long one odds. of those? Maybe. It's but you're going to go odds. on this gnarly winning streak and then go on a gnarly losing streak. It's going to offset and they're going to be right back to where they were. So I, I, let me ask you this. If, 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 I, if, if, if I were a bookie, and I was going to give you $1,200 if you give me $100 to bet that the Canucks would even make the playoffs, would you make that bet? 
Yeah, because risk versus reward. I don't. I lose That's where bucks. they're at right now. That's what their odds are. I mean, yeah, I'll do it. That, that, I mean, like, I guess, I'm I guess also a degenerative point, gambler, bro. Point, that, that's how long they are. Like that, twelve hundred dollars is a lot. So that's how long they are. But I, I, I don't know how many games they have to make. I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure how it's going to go. I, you know, you assume that Calgary is going to figure, going to fi- you know, figure it out. Anaheim. I don't know what to expect from them. They're they're playing great hockey now, but then they've they've had their slumps. Um, What's Los Angeles? Been I just don't know. The last couple weeks, man. What'd you what do you say? Mean? I said, what slumps? They haven't stumped the last couple of weeks. After, well, yeah, but two weeks ago they did. You know, they, yeah, they, they haven't been, they, they haven't been consistently great. No team has, no team has. Edmonton Oilers are on a five, five game losing streak over two weeks. Um, we have San Jose who can't figure it out on a, on a sustained basis. No team can sustain wins unless you're looking at Nashville or Colorado right now. So I, it's it's just quite interesting. Uh, I I just find it very interesting that they you know they're 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 settling back in. I don't think I really don't think they're gonna make it, but it's just interesting to watch them see what Bruce Boudreau can do for that team. Um, you know they're not gonna they're not gonna turn heads, but you know I, I again we've seen crazier stuff happen. To be to be fair, the the St. Louis Blues had a much better staff and team than um, than uh, the the Canucks do right now. So. We will see. We'll see what happens. Um, I'm, it is very nice to see that the that the city of Vancouver is not going to burn down. Let's let's uh, let's yeah. all be happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but that's all I have for this week, and that's it for the podcast this week. Um, we you know we got into some good debates. Um, it's it's always fun when you know it, it, when we when we get those. Um, you know, tune in next week. Uh, oh wait, are we? Uh, well, well, I guess we'll see next week as our Christmas week. Um, well, I um, last week we did not do a podcast last week, um, last year, but we, we, things might be different this year. I don't know. Um, so um, just just stick with us. We'll um, just you know just check the podcast. You we may uh, we may be missing week, but we probably you know we might find a way to to, to get it done. I don't know. Um, just just stick with us. But um, that is all we have for for this week. Um, check us out on um, TikTok, Twitter. Uh, I believe Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, James, how many like views did we get on one of our TikTok videos? Yo, like, we just had like two thousand views on our last one at seven hundred likes on it. Two thousand. I mean, that's that's insane. So we're so we're getting out there, um, and we just found out that we need a lot more downloads and views if we if we really want to um, ramp this uh, podcast. So tell tell your friends about us. Tell your friends about three idiots that just talk bullshit about you know anything there is when it comes to sports and or commercials. I guess. <laughs> uh, and, um you know it, it, it's fun um and you know we, we really enjoy it and we hope you guys all enjoy it um we look forward to to bringing you another one next week take it easy